Oh, snap, snap, snap. The world is finally waking up to the crap that's baked into and sprayed on kibble dog food. No longer can commercial pet food manufacturers fool us with pretty pictures and false promises. This is the raw dog food truth. The view and opinions expressed on this podcast are not intended to replace medical advice. Before starting any raw diet, do research, ask lots of questions, and consult your vet. Well, hello, raw feeders. I'm Dee Dee Mercer Moffat, the CEO of Raw Dog Food and Company, where your pet's health is our business and we're friends. Well, we don't let friends feed kibble. No, and sometimes we don't. we don't, Dr. Andy, and I'm so glad you're back. And uh, I told everybody last week that was totally my fault. You know what I mean? Uh, it was totally my fault. Uh, you know, sometimes you have the slippage of memory or, yep. or, or things get out of sequence and you're like, ah. Wait a second, I just missed my meeting. And that's what happened last week. So I totally apologize. It happens. No worries. It does happen. And we're going to talk today a little bit about maybe I should be eating brain, Dr. Maybe, maybe, right? Because I need a little help in the brain area. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, But we are going to talk about like treating like. But before we do that, because you're a chiropractor, don't you know? Yep. That's what I do. You do. You do that. And you do that well, I would say. Well, right? There's at, least, people that, at least for a little bit of a, a while I've been doing it. So. You have been doing it a while, an absolute while. Has a dog, let me ask you this question. I've never asked you this question. Do you know of any animals that have ever been injured by a bad chiropractor? I do not, personally. I'm sure it, it has happened. Um, I, I have had animals respond poorly, um, and have really rough days afterwards, but, uh, full on injury, make everything worse. Um, you know, the, the scariness of, Oh, you're going to paralyze my animal. I have not ever heard of personally. Yeah. I'm sure it's out there, right? There's bad in all professions. Sure. Sure, mm-hmm. there is. And and the thing about it is, one little f- narrative, let me say it like that, one little narrative can create this huge story on anything, right? Okay. So how long did the narrative go around that, oh my gosh, if you don't give your dog grains, they're going to have myocarditis. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's still being perpetrated. It is. And it's I died down quite a bit, um, but it's still being perpetrated. Well, you look at all the things that are being perpetrated out there, even though we have major evidence mm-hmm. uh, that things are not as they seem. And, you know, what's really frightening uh, to me is the governmental agencies that are in charge of all of this, such as the FDA and um all of those industries that have to do with our pets and the foods that they eat and the things that they put in their bodies. And uh, Dr. Judy just sent me an article about the rabies vaccines are now going to become an mRNA wow. rabies vaccine. And I think what we have to do here on the Raw Dog Food Truth podcast is help people understand what the mRNA does. And basically... It's a messenger, 
right? So it mm-hmm. sends a message into the body. And I was listening to Elon Musk, uh, who has Neuralink, who has, and now the owner, owner of Twitter, because they were talking about, and I can find this, the mRNA for people. And here's what he said. He said, with mRNA technology, we can change your DNA. And I was like, what? Rut row. row. So I'm curious as to why, why in the world are we changing rabies shots over into an mRNA? And, and Neely and I were talking about what you want to fixate on and what you don't want to fixate on in the world, right? Oh my goodness. Yes. And I know for myself, as soon as I start fixating, my stress level goes up, I get more neurotic and I, you know, you've got to pick and choose and let a lot of stuff go and be aware all at the same time. And it's, it's a lot for everybody. It is a lot, but, but Dr. Andy, look, if you're going to worry about did the beef that my dog's eating ever have any grains in it, okay? You're going to worry about that, but you're going to shoot up with mRNA rabies or fleantic or heartworm or antibiotics or all this. What? Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, we cannot, I mean, that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But that's yeah. what I'm saying. You just, as my mama says, borrowing trouble, right? Borrowing, borrowing trouble. trouble. Just, just, just making things crazy for yourself. Let's focus mm-hmm. on the things that really matter because even if you're feeding a great, pure, raw, species-appropriate diet, mm-hmm. but you're doing all these other things, does it matter? You got to get that foundation, right? Get that feeding, species-appropriate, least adulterated food out there, and then your walls still have to be straight. You can't be putting crooked walls by doing all that other toxic stuff. Right. You know, flea and tick, heart guard, those are pesticides, vaccines, educate yourself on what you absolutely need or don't need um, and handle it. Like get out there and educate yourself, people. Yeah. Let's deal with the things that matter. I always say the biggest bang for the buck, right? Where are we going to affect health in the biggest way first? Yep. Right. So obviously I own raw dog food and company, Mm -hmm. but you know what? I'm going to tell people, look, we need to be looking at what we're injecting in our pets mm-hmm. or putting on them. Yep. Right. As Stop well. Doing it because someone said you should. Right. Ugh. Drives me insane. All right. Drives me bonkers. There's a whole brouhaha that has just come out on what the Beyond Beef is all about, which will be another podcast. Oh, boy. That is That is, like I said, before this even came out, I said, I got to believe that this has everything to do with they want to remove all the beef Mm -hmm. from our lips, from our dog's lips. Mm -hmm. They want to remove all the dairy. And what did we see, Dr. Andy? What did we see? How many of these plants went up in flames? And what kind of plants were they? Right, 78, 80 plants that just went up in flames over the last year. Coincidence, right? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh-uh. All right. I get so up. So pick my... and choose your rabbit holes. Is that what we're saying? Yeah. Make sure your rabbit hole ain't that deep. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay. All right. So I'm going to ask you this question um, about chiropractic work. If and because we see this a lot, 
right? Hip dysplasia, hip dysplasia. First, I want to ask you this question. What is the layman's term hip dysplasia? What does it mean? What the heck is it really? Is it just that you can't move the bones? There's inflammation. They've hurt themselves. So hip dysplasia and everyone does throw it around. Like, like you just implied that people use it and they have no idea what it is or why they're using it. Um, it's arthritic changes in the joint of the hip. Okay. So we could have bony changes. We can have just inflammation. Um, a lot of times that happens when that ball of the femur head does not fit in the acetabulum of the pelvis well, and you have laxity in there. And those bones are, for lack of a better term, pounding into each other when your dog moves and causes more arthritic changes. Ouch. So what, how I present it to clients is true hip dysplasia, like possibly genetic, um, bilateral, is diagnosed between nine and 18 months of age. Wow. Um, later in life, people are like, oh, they have hip dysplasia. And the vast majority of time when they're in my office, it's not the hips. If it's not been diagnosed when they're younger, it's more lumbar pain and pain down the legs and the hips are actually doing okay. But yes, you can develop hip dysplasia later in life. And that's just arthritic changes. And a lot of times if it's unilateral, just one side, that is from an injury. Bilateral is more of a genetic component. Um, I have a little theory that especially for our large and giant breeds, if they get adjusted when they're puppies, especially if it does show up as unilateral, um, we could change that. We could prevent that with an adjustment because sometimes one hip is just not moving through a proper range of motion at let's say three months because they were playing with their puppy friends and got a leg hung up on whatever they got the leg hung up on, did not get adjusted. And now at age three, that hip at, has degenerated and it's only on one side. Um, and what if we were able to adjust that, get the pelvis rotated, get those lumbars moving and it didn't develop. Um, so I love to get my hands on any puppy I can get my hands on because then they grow up, pun intended, well-adjusted. And you do find stuff at six weeks because they get squished by their litter mates. Mom could have stepped on them. Um, being born, what's more traumatic than being born? <laughs> Um, right. <laughs> you know, was it the first puppy who, or the last puppy? Was it one that was squished? It was it the one that had to go the last one that wouldn't come out. They had to do emergency C-section. Like all of this stuff plays into how they grow up. Um, so that's, that's my take on hip dysplasia. And a lot of times it can be managed by chiropractic. Uh, and then sometimes it can't. And I don't know that answer until we get in there and try. So um, how then, young, how young of a puppy would you want to see? Uh, it, whenever it, it doesn't really matter. Usually they're about six weeks and older. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. But if you're seeing, I've seen puppies that they're just kind of failing to thrive. And, and this is, you know, a breeder or an owner I've worked with. They're like, you want to try something where, and, and oh, I had this one, this one, this is not hip dysplasia, but this was a great story. Um, mom did one breeding of her Australian shepherd and I'm trying to think how many she had. She had five or six 
And this mom was such a hardcore Aussie, hardcore. I'm like, these poor puppies. Oh my gosh. So she would run into the whelping box, stand there. And whoever could get up and nurse got to eat something. And then she'd run off. Mom was watching everybody. It was fine. She was supplementing. She, you know, I mean, they were fine, but that was how hardcore this female, this bitch was. And one puppy was losing weight. And I think he was three or four weeks old. And I was over there to see the adult dogs. And she's like, can you, his neck, what he could not get up to nurse. So we adjusted him. And as soon as we did that, he could then get up on his hind legs and get up there and nurse. He said, give me that teat. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was a, I can't remember if it was a cervical or a rear end, but yeah. And then, then he was off and running. And so, but that's, you know, with people that are educated that I've worked with for a long time that are comfortable doing that. But I mean, that's, that's not even really an adjustment when they're that little. I mean, those bones aren't even completely formed. I mean, it's so minimal, the little, little, little things I do with them, but, and they're fine. So so what, how can you tell with puppies that are growing mm-hmm. and, and we have this limp that goes on, right? Because maybe, uh, what, what do they call that? Dr. Andy, when, when they're growing, it's kind of like growing pains and you start seeing the dog limp. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the generic term is growing pains and I don't know. There's been a rash of those lately. Um, Labradors and German shepherds, German shepherds, puppies, like six month old puppies. I've had a lot lately with these growing pains. Um, Luxating. It's not a luxating patella, right? No, no. It it can just be bone pain because the bones are growing Um, and bones grow at a different rate than the tendons and ligaments and muscles grow. Uh, And and maybe they're growing really fast for this short period of time and it's all sore and they're just sore everywhere. Um, unfortunately, the ones that a couple of the ones that I was working with, it turns out it was a, a, a reaction to the rabies vaccine. It was about, no. three, it was about three weeks after. Yeah. And so we did not me personally, but they worked with their holistic vet, Dr. Judy and did some detox of that. And we did our adjustments and they pulled out of it. Um, but that's part of it. I even remember reading a study many years ago. I don't have it that, you know, purebred dogs will go back to hip dysplasia, right? We have known about hip dysplasia, right? And breeders as a whole have been working towards only breeding dogs with good hips, right? There's OFA, um, there's pen hip. You have to have your dog analyze. It goes into this big bank and they have been doing this a long time, right? Like OFA has thousands upon thousands of records, right? And they're just not making as much headway as you think they would be by just paying attention to the genetics. And this one article study, gosh, I don't remember. It's been many years now is was looking back at the rabies vaccine and is it breaking down joints? Uh Uh-huh. Well, I could probably find it in the article 65 ways that the rabies shot uh, hurts your dog. Yeah. So, and that was fascinating to me. And this was probably a decade ago. And because they really should be making a lot of headway. They're keeping track of all of this, right? It's amazing of the things that they they make headway with and uh, that they don't. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And you have to think like an investor, 
think like somebody that uh, is really into the profit margins, and then maybe we could figure it out. <laughs> because if you don't see something, you don't know it, and then you don't have to um, claim liability for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then unfortunately, with these growing pains, most people go to their vet first, right? Right. They're they're limping in the rear, they're limping in the front, they're they're limping on this leg. And then sometimes over here, and it, it, it that's kind of the history you get. And the vet will say, okay, it's growing pains. We need to now <laughs> reduce their nutrition. So if, if they're already kibble fed, they'll take them off the puppy and put them on adult early and reduce the nutrition even more because you can't have them growing too fast. And I'm like, that's so counterintuitive to my head. It just well, hurts my brain so much. It's because you think logically. And so they're trying to make you think illogically. So that's, mm-hmm. that's taxing. But you know, one thing that, that uh, Neely always says, and, and you say, look, these kibble fed dogs do grow faster uh, at a faster rate than these raw fed dogs, right? Mm-hmm. Why? Because they're putting on, or at least they're getting fatter. Let's call it like that. You know, they're getting mm-hmm. bigger. And that is that's sub nutrition, right? So mm-hmm. they're growing in, in maybe a fat content and that sort of thing. So um, that, that would be another great podcast to really break that down for our listeners to say, Hey, why, why is it a bad idea to put puppies on kibble diets, especially mm-hmm. these large breeds? I mean, there's 6,500 reasons why we could say that, but to really help the pet parents understand it, right? So it's sort of like this. Am I going to grow faster and better on donuts or, you know, non-processed foods? Yeah, I of all my puppies from little short-legged Torchy to very long-legged Doberman, we've ne- we never had any growing pains. We never had any issues, all raw fed. Like they didn't grow too fast. They never even did the butt high front end low kind of stuff. They all seem to do it very symmetrically and pain-free. Um, I wanted to ask you this next question. If we have an issue, again, I think these are predicated by some rabies shots, but neurological problems, mm-hmm. okay? Neurological in the brain, problems that are affecting the gait or the, or, or the way the dog moves, can that be helped by chiropractic work, even though it's neurological? Absolutely. Yes, wow. yes, 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 yes. At the end of the day, chiropractic is neurological work. And that word is thrown around and it drives me that shit crazy. Because, <laughs> okay, your dog's limping. There's pain. Oh, that's neurologic. The neurological system controls that. Now, what vets generally mean when they throw that word around, which scares pet parents, it's this big deal, is when there's knuckling in the rear. That's neurologic. Yep, that's neurologic. I had actually had a little dog in the other day and mom was like, he's also really flinchy right here where that dip in the mid back is. That's where the thoracic spine meets the lumbar spine. And right there, see, see, it hurts and pain. And they said that was neurologic. I'm like, yeah, it is. It's not a big deal. I'll fix that. Like, of course it's neurologic. 
the neurological system runs everything. I'm like, so just to throw that term around drives me nuts. And people come in and they use that word and this dog is doing this and the dog is doing that. And they may have had a neurological event. And I'm like, yeah. And now we're going to adjust it, which puts information into that neurological system, which allows the body to do what it wants to do. Most of the time, get better. Um, Knuckling in the rear. Yeah. Not really that excited. Vets are super excited about it because you can also get knuckling in the rear in old dogs because of the muscle wasting. And then you're in this gray area. Is it just weakness and they can't flip that leg back over? Or is it truly a neurological issue? And is that neurological issue in the rear end or up in the brainstem or up in the brain or up in the upper cervicals that we may or may not be able to determine? I usually get a really good idea by visit three, what we're dealing with if they haven't already done the MRI or the CT or all these diagnostics that we now have available, which, you know, that's a whole nother conversation, you know, just because we can do things, should we be doing things? Um, we won't go down that rabbit hole. Um, but yeah, everything's neurologic. A chiropractic adjustment is neurological. We are going to change the neurological system. That same little dog, little 10 pound thing also had 20 teeth pulled out of his head. Yeah. yeah. That's a whole nother story. Um, <laughs> and the, and the vets are like, well, that's normal. It's a little dog anyway. Oh, don't even get me started on that one. But, um, <laughs> and then he had head tilt. Then he's like walking drunk in the rear. Cause if you affect the proprioception in the TMJ and the upper cervicals, which you do by opening mouths, shoving intubation tubes, digging out teeth, all normal stuff that goes with a dental. And then the dog's like all wobbly, not feeling good, head tilt. And the vets are like, oh, the dental didn't do that. Bullshit, the dental didn't do that. The dental didn't do it on purpose. But you are, you know, this little dog's mouth was open for how long? How, what angles did they have to get it to get these teeth out? Like what pounding happened? And the, you're on, the dog is under, so there's no muscles saving these joints. These joints are taking on the brunt of this. It's what happens. It's not a big deal, but get your dog adjusted. I had to fix cranial bones. I had to fix the TMJ. I had to actually adjust some of the teeth. We had to get in and change the mandible, like, and all of that on this little dog who was like less than 10 pounds. Oh my gosh. How old was this dog? He was 10. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. Now let me ask you this question. What would be the standard of care in the traditional world if they came out of this dental mm-hmm. um, fiasco, I'm mm-hmm. just going to say, and uh, they're walking drunk and they're walking sideways and they're doing all this kind of stuff. What would a traditional uh, health practitioner say to a pet parent and what rabbit hole made that take them down? Mm-hmm. They, they would most likely, and I don't remember if this dog got that, would get some gabapentin and go see a neurologist who then oh. would not would not do much and ask the, the owner to do an MRI. And actually, this owner did get a CT. And all they had to do was get adjusted. Yes. Unfortunately, she has not brought the dog back in. You have to follow up with chiropractic. You have to. I always ask my people for three visits. And if nothing changes, then we discuss next steps. But if we're seeing changes, then we do more. 
But what would you do with an MRI? I mean, you go in for this expensive MRI on this dog. And even if you see something, what are you going to do? That is the question. And then what? That's my question to them. You go and do this MRI, then what? And I prep people. When you go in for that MRI, that dog is prepped for surgery. They're going to read that MRI. They're going to come out and tell you they see this and they want to go in and do surgery. And now you're in 10 grand and you haven't even done PT or had the dog get through the surgery. So you got to be prepped. And I try to warn people that that is when they go in for the MRI. And actually neurologists have been better lately telling people that that's the plan. So many years ago, they wouldn't even tell people that their dog was prepped for surgery um, because it's actually against um, AMA or AHA, AHA's regulations. They can't bring the dog back out and then bring the dog back down a couple days later in anesthesia. So they have to be prepped for surgery right away, which makes sense. It's, it's for the animals good, but they don't warn people, but now they are, they, they're warning them better. Who knows? Who, and if you're not willing to do surgery, you don't have the insurance, you don't have the money. Like why do the MRI? It's just our conventional medicine is just so interested in giving you a diagnosis. That's their top priority to get you a diagnosis, not to get your animal better. They don't, it's, I'm sorry, folks. They want to get you a diagnosis and then maybe they can do something about it. Right. And, and so what, if you have a diagnosis, we already know, Mm -hmm. we already know that there's something going on. The dog's Mm -hmm. walking funny. Mm -hmm. Okay. But why not, why not start with a less invasive, Mm -hmm. uh, healthier option, right? Mm -hmm. Why not start with chiropractic work? As you say, it is all neurological. We got a problem. Let's, let's go see a Mm -hmm. a chiropractor, give them three sessions and have that appointment on the books to see the neurologist. We can, but again, but again, but, but I mean, we could start. Yeah. Then maybe you don't even need that appointment. I mean, 10, a, a, a 10 pound dog, Mm-hmm. 10 years old, mm-hmm. going under again for some type of brain surgery. Mm-hmm. What, what, what is the possibility? Well, first of all, what's the true need of that? I don't mm-hmm. even know I, that there's I, a, I, right. That is a, the, that is a million dollar question. Right. Mm-hmm. And then now you're super in debt. Will the dog even survive that? Will he be any yep. better? Yep. Did you really need to do it? Yep. These are these are the things that you and I and Dr. Judy and and we all see this every day, right? Mm-hmm. People coming out and they're like, ah, I just spent uh, you know, this many thousands yep. of dollars. And and we're talking thousands of dollars. Thousands, guys. yes, absolutely. They come into my office at their wits' end. Usually, you know, it was two thousand dollars at the ER because the dog woke up screaming between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. This is the history. Like I get the history on the phone and I, I can almost tell you what's going on. That is neck pain. Mm. That is neck pain. And they wake up like screaming fools and they run off to the ER like any pet parent would. Right. And they may or may not do any x-rays. They scare the crap out of people and they generally put them on the wrong medication. And they're a couple thousand dollars in and they're looking at an MRI and they have the appointment with the neurologist. Like this is classic in my office, like classic. And they come in and they're teary eyed and the animal's not doing good and, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, all right, let's fix this. And they're like, what? 
I'm like, yeah, yeah. It might be a disc in there. It might be, but it could just simply be severe cervical muscle spasms that respond very nice to chiropractic. And then people are like, oh, can you adjust, adjust the disc? I'm like, hell, we haven't had MRIs that long. I've been doing this 20 years. I've been adjusting hot discs for the first decade of my career. So we didn't have MRIs to tell us anything. And you know what? The vast majority of those animals got better. And human chiropractors have been adjusting discs for over a hundred years. They don't all get better, but we might as well try. Right. Why wouldn't you go that route first? Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. So a dog wakes up screaming. It could possibly be neck pain. All right. Mm-hmm. So what would a pet parent do in the meantime before uh, or until they can get into a chiropractor to get in to see you or something like you, that? What would they you, do? You may want to get to your vet. You may want to get some regular meds on board just so we can get this animal comfortable. Because sometimes adjusting an animal that's that uncomfortable, is it's hard, right? When those muscles mm-hmm. are that unhappy. Unfortunately, my point of view, and I can't prescribe meds. I can't tell you to stop your meds. I can't get you meds. Like, But I do know the pain meds that go into dogs. Like, I do know how they work and what the ones that they usually give you. Um, and when you have neck pain or suspe- suspected neck pain, tell my clients this all the time, all the time ask for prednisone. Mm, Prednisone. You want a steroid. If it's a suspected disc or just neck pain in general responds to steroids so much better than the NSAIDs, your Rimadils, your Carprofen, your Vetprofen. Those are non-steroidal. You want the steroids. And so many vets are scared of the steroids. No, steroids aren't great, but they're old, they're cheap, and we know the side effects. And I know they work because it's the only anti-inflammatory that works in the spinal column. Those NSAIDs don't get in there. No. So they're just, they're just taking them and. Right. And they may feel a little bit better, but the problem is if you start the NSAIDs and they only get a little bit better and you need to go to steroids, you have to go off those NSAIDs for a couple of days. And that's not cool. Yeah. Can't mix them. It'll eat up the stomach. Hmm. And what they, and they always give them, they used to give them tramadol. I really like tramadol. You do? I do. I do. If you can get tramadol out of your vets, please go with tramadol instead. Why did they, why'd they pull those? Because big pharma came in. I don't know. It's been a while now, five, seven years ago and said, tramadol doesn't work. You've got to give gabapentin now. But gabapentin didn't work in the human side. They threw it over to the dog side. I know. I don't think it works really well on the pet side either. They just needed to, to boost up their big, profits. Yes. <laughs> big pharma I've heard this story. Yes. Yes. It's the same story. It's just repeated. So if you can get tramadol, get tramadol. If you have to do the gabapentin, um, oh, because gabapentin crosses the blood brain barrier and actually messes with the neurons in your brain or your animal's brain. Oh my gosh. I just don't think we need to be playing around up there. So what I've noticed over the years, A, I don't think it's particularly helpful. It tends to be more helpful in really old dogs that are already on so many meds because it upregulates the other meds. But what I have noticed is if dogs are on gabapentin long-term, meaning anything longer than two weeks, but especially six months to a year, this is just anecdotally, this is just what I've noticed. Mm -hmm. The gabapentin almost locks in a pain pattern. 
and the animal can't get a hundred percent healed if they're on it. And those pet parents that are willing to come off of it and you do get a rebound effect coming off of meds, they will get worse for a little while. Then the animal seems to do a lot more healing. Like the gabapentin seems to put a roof on it. So if you want to do it for a few days, you want to do it for a week. I say no longer than two weeks, really. Ooh, I see people that come through here and they're like, oh, oh they've been on gabapentin for years. Yeah. I'm like what? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen it too. Um, yeah. And then get a muscle relaxant. That's the one that a lot of vets leave out. And I think it's critical critical to get a muscle relaxant. There's only one that they prescribe to animals. It's called methocarbinol or robaxin. It's easy on the organs. It's the one I like the animals to be on the longest. It knocks them out. They don't have anything to do anyway. They just need to heal. And I think it's critical. And it's the one that's usually left out. So just for clarity, Mm -hmm. a muscle relaxant very different than a pain medication. Yes. Can you make that clear definition for us? I will try my best. So you have your inflammatory drugs, steroidal or non-steroidal, right? Your prednisone or your, the name brands, Rimadyl, right? Those are your inflammation. And if we keep the inflammation down, the body in theory can heal. They don't really help with the healing, but in theory keeps... It'll help with the heal and healing and it'll keep the pain down too. It does help with the pain. Then your actual pain pills are your tramadol, which is a morphine derivative and your gabapentin. And that one crosses the blood brain barrier. It actually affects the neurons in the brain to modulate the pain um, pathways. Because all of this is again, neurological, right? The steroids affect different inflammatory processes in the body. There's different cascades in the body that um, handle different types of inflammation and your NSAIDs affect it differently than your steroids do. And then your pain pills, and that's specifically for pain modulation down those pathways. And then your muscle relaxants actually relax the muscles around the area. So especially with an adjustment, because I people ask all the time, right? Can you change the muscle? I'm like, well, I can change the muscle by doing an adjustment to the bone or the joint, right? And that will change the information back to the muscle. But that muscle, if it goes back into spasm, bones are stupid. They go where the muscles go. So if we can relax the muscle, I get a better adjustment. And if the animal is just relaxed and sleeping, that also helps. Does that help? Yes, but I do see that pet parents are very confused when they come home from the vet's office. They're not even certain which one of the medications are doing what. Oh, absolutely. They have no idea what they're giving their animals. Right. So a lot of people are walking out with antibiotics, right? And I say mm-hmm. to them all the time, um, what is this? Uh, what bacterial infection did this dog have that we needed this antibiotic? Yep. Well, I don't know. It was just in yep. case, yep. right? And um, again, so if you don't know, we need to get uh, educated. We need to make that very clear and help you get there so that you can decide, no, I'm not doing that one. I'm not doing that one. I'm not doing that one. And I'm telling you, you have that choice mm-hmm. because when Lazi cut open her leg, right? 
she was running around in the snow and she sliced it open and um, had to go get that sewn up. Right. So they, yeah. they, they wanted her on this, this, this. And so when they brought out the little sheet, right. To check you out, I said, no, 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 no. And they looked at me like, are you crazy? And I said, look, our daughter's a vet. And they were like, oh, okay. But <laughs> I didn't want to say, hey, I own a raw dog food company. Cause then they would have gone, oh yeah, my gosh, oh, everybody God. put their gas mask on. This woman feeds raw. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I actually had somebody, um, a customer tell me that when they, that this was during um, the, the whole COVID thing, right? They took their dog in and the, the doctor said, you know, or the vet said, what do you feed? I uh, feed a raw diet. And they went out, this doctor, and said to everybody, put your mask on. They said, oh my gosh, they have COVID? He said, no, he's a raw feeder. I have, I had a client, we have this client, this customer and client in common, and she got fired from her vet. Because? The, the vet was like, oh, I can't touch your dog. It's raw fed. It'll, it, I, it's so full of bacteria. We can't touch it. I would have uh... <laughs> said, thank you. Well, Thank she did. You. She did. She was amazing. She's like, oh, guess I needed a new vet and just went on her merry way. So, I mean, I, kudos to her. Um, but I'm like, well, uh, you know what? I, if a vet, this is what this is what this nonsensicalness does to my brain, too. If a vet doesn't understand that the animal that they're treating are carnivores, how are they able to treat them properly in medications and surgery? And mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, I get very confused about that. Mm -hmm. Well, and my, my vet, obviously I, I have my regular and I use Dr. Judy, right. And different things for different stuff, right? Like Dr. Judy doesn't do dentals. I, I need some dentals, right. that kind of thing. And she knows I'm raw fed. So every time they do blood work, they come back and go, oh, these values are off because they're raw fed. Because so keep in mind that blood work is all based on kibble fed dogs. Right. Right. That's the dogs they looked at. That's where the averages come from. That's all kibble fed dogs blood work that's deemed acceptable by big pharma. Big pharma decides this. And then when they want to sell more drugs, they just change the values on that blood work. Just saying. Yeah, they're, they're, uh, and I, it, uh, his name was something Bueller. Oh, what was his first name? Mm -hmm. But he was on the Joe Rogan podcast and he was in, um, I'll get this information for you guys. He has an, a website where he, he was a rep, right? Mm -hmm. And he really does break it down on how that industry mm -hmm. is regulated, set up, how, um, why adverse events are not recorded. They used to be able to be recorded where you go in and you talk to the doctor about these medications and they tell you about the adverse events and then the rep would write it down. Well, what was happening was if those adverse events got recorded, somehow other doctors saw them and they stopped buying these medications and the reps are paid on how many medications they sell, mm -hmm. right? A mm -hmm. commission type basis. So it caused a big brouhaha, right? Uh, infighting and people were like, oh my gosh, you know, don't say that you're killing my cells. 
So they stopped that in the system where you could actually put in the adverse events. Now it became a drop-down menu where mm. it, it had the pre, you know. The acceptable adverse reaction. Yeah, or the acceptable <laughs> responses. Which one of these responses? Well, it wasn't any of those. We'll pick one that's closest, right? Uh. So it it, it is it, it gives people a really good breakdown of how that industry works. And I think it takes a lot of time, Dr. Andy, to switch the narrative in our heads, to wake up, stand up and snap mm -hmm. out of it, right? Which was my yep. slogan on the speaking tour forever. It was wake up, stand up and snap out of it. Today, I think we need that more than anything. Absolutely. Uh, um, but Sometimes we have to just get a little information at a time, whether that is through a podcast like this, where, where you're able to break down, here's what a pain med is. Here's what it does. Here's what the steroids do. Here's what the muscle relaxants do. And then you can look at your dog and say, do I really need these medications that I just walked out with? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, I'm going to ask you one more question before mm -hmm. we go. And that is, I need clarity on Remedil. Remedil is a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory, which is an NSAID. Ooh, and NSAIDs okay. are not good. NSAIDs are not good. They were, they're, they're still being touted as better than a steroid. Um, they work differently than a steroid. That's how I frame it for people, but non-steroidals are rough on the gut. They're rough on the microbiome, the rough, rough on the livers, the kidneys. Um, last time I looked into it, Rimadil, which is now gone, um, off name brand. So you got your carprofen, your vet profen, all the other profens, um, and they're all non-steroidals. Uh, when Rimadil hit the market, same, same type of story. The reps came around, told all the vets, stop using aspirin. Aspirin causes um, ulcers immediately. You can't use aspirin anymore. Use this. It's called Rimadil. Um, aspirin works differently than Rimadil in the body. They're all non-steroidals. Okay. Rimadil is actually a COX-2 inhibitor, which was um, in the people world, Celebrex. And if you mm. remember, Celebrex got pulled because it was killing people. Uh-oh. Uh-huh. It's now back on the market. It's used a little bit, um, but dogs can handle your COX-2 inhibitors. Rimadil was killing dogs left and right when it hit the market too. It still has a propensity for black Labradors. For whatever reason, black Labradors cannot handle Rimadil and the non-steroidals. And there's Duramax and there's other ones and they're all very similar, but it's, they're very, very hard on the body. So again, very minimal use. If you have to, this putting a Labrador or shepherd on it at age four for the rest of their life on a daily dose, you were, that is just ludicrous, ludicrous. You as a pet parent need to get out there and find massage, find chiropractic, find acupuncture, find other joint supportive products, reduce the inflammation, change the diet. And if you need that pill every once in a blue moon, like I need something every once in a blue moon, right? That I think is reasonable, but dogs that are just put on it daily, ridiculous. The livers and the kidneys can't handle it. And the microbiome just goes to shit too. 
They're not innocuous people. And then if you ever want to get off of it, again, you'll get a rebound. It actually breaks down the joints with long-term use. Okay. So that's Remedil, Carprofen. Yeah, your your NSAIDs. Yes. What are some other names? Duramax. Duramax. um, Vetprofen, Carprofen. Anything with profen. Yeah. 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 Not good. No. All right. So what would be the better for that one? For a dog that's in pain, let's just say like Asta, right? So Asta comes Mm -hmm. to you and Mm -hmm. um, she's got this limp. So Mm -hmm. obviously, you know, she's got that knee. Mm -hmm. Uh, What would be the best thing for a 14-year-old dog, right? Mm -hmm. That's in pain. I, you start with CBD. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I love a formula. Uh, it's called formula 303. It's a natural mu- muscle relaxant. It's actually a homeopathic formulation. So it can go with anything. A lot of times it's the tight muscles that need to be handled, um, that are involved in the whole process. Right. A lot of times in like in Asta's case, it's the compensation for that joint that becomes the bigger problem. And a lot of the compensation in the other limbs is, has to do with tight muscles and the compensatory changes that go on when you have a joint like that. Um, other anti-inflammatory, well, A, make sure the gut's working. B, get that diet in line. Like mm-hmm. start with the diet, honestly. If they're not already on raw, you go raw. That'll drop the inflammation. Um, and I would try CBD, really. Uh, standard process has a Boswellia um, that works well for some animals. I, if we could try some homeopathics. Maybe we're just doing some Arnica um, on a daily basis. Maybe that's what, but every body is different. Every mm-hmm. animal is different. What's the picture in front of you? Um, do they respond to, you know, ozone therapy? Does that change it? But you have to try these things. I can't, I can't tell you. Right. You have to try it. Um, but there's stuff out there. There's the jump for joints. Maybe that homeopathic remedy is just like a miracle for this dog. I generally don't go to glu- glucosamine. I right. really don't. I much rather have them on a whole food product. You could try, um, muscular skeletal support by standard process. That's organs and glandulars in a whole food product that the body can then choose what, what, and how it needs to use it. Um, yeah, the, 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 you know, the common joint protective products, I like, I'm not impressed. They're mass mass produced. If it's being sold in Walgreens or Costco, what's the quality of the ingredients or chewy.com. Right. You just, it, it's so mass produced that, meh, you know, um, you could do, you know, everyone goes to the damn fish oil and I, I have so many points of view about fish oil. A, most of the time it's rancid already. Like, we'll do our next podcast we'll do on the fish oil. Yeah. Cause that uh, is, it is one. Mm-hmm. But the, but one of the things, and I, and I would encourage everybody to get on Dr. Andy's email list because you put out such great information every week. Um, and so you can go over to um, animalmagiccare.com 
and get on Dr. Andy's list, okay? And one of the things that you said on your last email that you really loved for the omega-3s, which is why a lot of people, um, oh, wait, let me go back. Uh, we'll, we'll cover that next time. But the but the adequate is what I wanted to mm-hmm. say about. You were talking about that uh, a lot of the joint support comes from the trachea right? Mm-hmm. So the trachea, and that's a natural source. We do have the air-dried trachea. We used to have the raw trachea. It's very difficult to get for us right now. Um, but we do have the air-dried trachea. However, you were talking about that in Adequin, okay, which is a shot, mm-hmm. that Adequin is very safe. And tell us why. I it- it, it is. It's, and I forgot about that. So thank you for mentioning that. Cause if that works for your animal, that's awesome. Uh, it used to be super pricey. It's not as pricey anymore, but it's made from bovine trachea. And that's so, so cool. now exactly what the pharmaceutical companies have done to it to make it a prescription. I don't know um, because they can only patent and and have something as a prescription if they do something different to it. So I'm still going to be that person that's going to feed the trachea instead. Yeah, right. I'm going to start there. But Adequin super easy on the body. Most animals do awesome with it. And if that's the ones, like with my, with my clients, it's like, okay, how long and what can we do to keep them off of pharmaceuticals? That is my target. You may not know that's my target, but that's my target with all my clients and especially my own animals. Like there are some hard no's when it comes to pharmaceuticals in my animals. Um, but that's my target. What can we do diet wise at you know, and adequate, adequate wise, which is super easy and it works really well. And that is, that does get into the joints. It does, it's going to kind of take over for the body. So once you start you're probably not going to be able to stop it. And you're probably going to have to, if it was every six weeks and then it'll be every five weeks and then it'll be every four weeks because the body's like, Oh, it's doing it for me. I don't have to keep working on producing cartilage and, and working on my joints. It's going to do it for me. So, and then you're going to be like every two weeks. Okay. Maybe now it's time we do the next step, whatever that next step is in that animal's um, journey. Um, so just be aware of that. Same thing with CBD. You start with a little bit, then they need a little bit more. They need a little bit more. It's just kind of what happens whenever you're doing something and the body doesn't have to do it for itself anymore. You're just going to have to keep increasing it. And that's where rotate, 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 rotate. Um, if you can do some adequate and you can, as far as I know, stop that whenever, and you want to do CBD instead, change it up. Um, I've been listening to Julianne Lee with Adored Beast, and I love her philosophy about rotation and rotation and rotation. And you actually don't, I love this. This was, she put it in the words for me. You actually don't know which system actually needs supporting. The body Mm. knows that. So start with something. And if that doesn't do what you're looking for, do something else. Right. And and in, in you don't, and that's what we've talked about this. That's what drives people nuts is they want do this bottle for this long, this bottle, this time, this bottle, and your animal will be cured. Um, we live in such a toxic world. You're not getting there. You're going to have to keep rotating and adding something back in and changing this and doing this. And you're doing this little dance with your animal. And how are they acting? How are they feeling? What, you know, you're going to have to know your animal. 
and you're going to have to try things. People ask that question all the time of you, of me, of everyone. And I think sometimes they feel that they haven't gotten what they wanted to to uh, obtain from that conversation mm-hmm. because we are saying this. We are saying, look, if that doesn't work, do something else. Rotate it. Try it out because there's something scary about using your own mind. Mm-hmm. And well, and you, you said it because I listened to your talk with her. What do you, big, big brass cojones? What? Yeah. Big balls of courage is what yeah, I said. Yeah, that's it. Big balls big of courage. Bison calls. Big yes. bison balls. Yeah. Yes. And that's what pet parents are going to have to do. They're, they're going to have to muscle up their courage and step into the unknown and try some things. And that's why I think conventional medicine keeps people so trapped is here, this pill will fix everything. It doesn't, but it's easy. And that person told me I should do this. So I don't have to take any responsibility. Right. I don't have to muscle up those big balls. Right. Mm-hmm. They do it in everything. Uh, marketing. Yeah, they do. They do. Right. And and if you really study marketing, that's what that's all about is really taking the words that people um, in your space are using or whatever space you want to be in. Mm -hmm. And you take those words and you move it around so that it addresses whatever fear they have. That's why I've always said that HPP came about the high pressure pasteurized food or the cooked food, right? The gently cooked raw. That is such a bunch of bunk, guys. It's not mm-hmm. gently cooked raw. If it's cooked, it's cooked. Mm-hmm. What do you mean you gently cooked it? You didn't uh, cook it to death like kibble? Okay, I can I can buy that. Mm-hmm. Yes, but but if you're worried about bacteria, why why are you why aren't you worried about that? Right. Well, if you're going to worry about bacteria in real raw, uh, nobody seems to question that. Oh, it's slightly, slightly cooked. Well, doesn't that mean sort of raw? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, just you're sort of pregnant. I am sort of fat. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> sort of pregnant, sort of raw. Okay. All right, everybody. Uh, listen, you can join Dr. Andy on her YouTube live. When every Tuesday night at 6 p.m. you go to Dr. Andy's World on YouTube. How impressed are you today, Dr. Andy, that I have gotten both of your websites you, correct? You did. You you were rocking it today. <laughs> <laughs> so that's awesome. You can go over with your questions. Mm-hmm. And I think a really great um, consultation that you could do with Dr. Andy is is call her and schedule an appointment and say, look, I just came from the dentist and my dog's doing this. I'm on all these meds. Tell me what these meds do, mm-hmm. right? I mean, yep. you can at least know that, right? That's a great, great uh, consultation, right? If you've come out of surgery, if your dog's wobbly, if you've been told that you need an MRI, listen, <laughs> you need to have a teleconference <laughs> With Dr. Andy first. It may just save you $10,000. It may. It really may. Or at least you're going in educated. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And really, like one of my campaigns, if I can just see your dog after a dental, I'll be so happy. (laughs) If that's the only time they ever get adjusted is after their dentals, that would make me happy. They should be adjusted more. But that would make me happy. You have so much neurological information right around that jaw, upper cervicals, that 
yeah, we, I don't even know if we know how much of an impact dentals do. And I they think, need to be done too. And they, and it's necessary. Okay. One of your next emails need to be on why <laughs> you need to be, uh, let me just give you a little more work. Why okay, your you. dog needs to be, I just have a list over here of all of these for things sure, that you need sure. to do. <laughs> for your sure. email topic for next week, do this. <laughs> right, right. But that's so great. That's great, great information that pet parents just don't know. So it's been super informative. Remember, get over to Dr. Andy's World on YouTube. It starts at 6 p.m. every Tuesday night. Take your questions. Get your pet consultation at animalmagiccare.com. Woo! I, I was like, <laughs> I'm going to get this right. See, I almost had stage fright there for a second. Uh, but you can get over there. Remember, get your dog on a species-appropriate diet. Yes, we ship all over uh, wherever UPS goes, actually. Uh, if you're overwhelmed, hit that overwhelm button. We have this new great chat uh, feature on Ooh. the uh, on our website, and uh, you can ask questions, and and we're going to answer them there. We can help you. But honestly, people, it doesn't matter where you start. I say that, but it doesn't seem to get mm -hmm. through. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. So if you need a recommendation, here you go. Beef blend, Wolfram Plus, Turkey, PMR. I'll give you three to start with right there. Wolfram Plus. Yes. Don't Before mind I send the everybody. Yeah. Don't mind the stink. If You'll I get think. used to it. I swear you will. <laughs> you go nose blind. <laughs> All right, everybody, get over to rawdogfoodandco.com where your pet's health is our business and we're friends. Don't let friends feed gibble. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, snap. Find out how you can start your dog on the road to health and longevity. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com, where friends don't let friends feed kibble and where your pet's health is our business. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.